the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Nine o'clock hour. Gather on in. We got a humdinger in progress. Let me add some topical layers. Uh, I was sort of thinking about an hour ago to go over sort of, it won't take a long time, just just in shorthand, the various things, just so you can have this in your brain, just a little, little wallet slot in your brain of why uh, the Senate's open borders bargain was such a terrible idea. I mean, you know, history will record that this was the year it died, or the year, this was the week that it died, and the year that it died. Um, but why? It's it's just sometimes that there you can distill some things down to some bullet points, and, uh, and I will do that for you here in just a little bit. Uh, we have uh, continuing calls, and this is this is one, five topics in one. Because President Trump's truth social wish for us to uh, essentially stop the boycott of Anheuser-Busch and the Bud Light thing uh, has a little bit of a head scratcher to some. I, uh, our buddy Mike Gallagher said, listen, there are hardworking drivers and warehouse people who are suffering for this, to which I'm real sorry. But if there's a price needs to be paid, it does. And I'm not done with that boycott. I don't think you should be either. You do. Listen, you do you. I'm not going to live your life for you. But um, it's also taken us into the notion of of what um, contrition really is, and what you know remorse is, and what forgiveness should be based on. And and it's whether it's a person or a company, you know, forgiveness is appropriate when they have sort of hit the uh, hit the marks of of what indicates that they're worthy, and that is recognition of their error. And there's none of that from uh, from Anheuser-Busch. Let me just give you one thing. Uh, there's going to be some uh, Anthony Blinken in Israel news today because he's over there again trying to get Israel to stop the war because, uh, silly me, I want them to win the war. We can stop the war after they have obliterated Hamas. That, you know, Silly, crazy me. That's my uh, bar that I would set for stopping the war is after you have successfully completed it. Um, is it possible there could be a uh, Hamas release of hostages, e- even all of them. And and I think that one of the things that was on the table yesterday was we'll release the hostages. And there would be like a three-tiered ramp down of hostilities in Gaza. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm willing. I mean, here here I I guess there are two acceptable scenarios for us for ending the hostilities. Uh, and uh, American liberals being mad is not one of them. The two things, one is the complete destruction and obliteration of Hamas, and the other, this would be momentary, is a release of all the hostages and a cessation of hostilities on their part. Now, here's the thing. I can't for one minute believe that Hamas is reformable. 
You think that all of a sudden they are no longer going to have their heads hit the pillows and dream of the violent eradication of Israel? Of course they will. But listen, you can have that in your head and not, you know, do anything about it. You know, no more ten sevens. Thank you. Uh, is that enough uh, to to stop the uh, uh, the the campaign to obliterate them? Mm, it's. I tell you what. It's something I'd be will. I'd, I'd be willing to play ball in 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 that way. Release every hostage. Now you think we have eight Americans still among them? Um, and just just <laughs> cut it out. Uh, and and as for as long as you do, then okay. And that doesn't mean that you are attitudinally reformed, but you can sit around all day and wish for Israel to be wiped off the map. <laughs> you know, whatever. That's hateful, but that's just you stewing in your own hatred. Kill Jews, and we're going to come kill you. You know, act on it, and the war resumes, like that day. So amid all of these developments, I, President Biden, I don't... When I when I say I take no pleasure in this, I totally mean it. This is not good for my country. If we have a president whose policies are terrible, that's one thing. That's bad enough. Yeah, that with Obama, that with Clinton, yeah, that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If we have a president who is just is in this kind of cognitive decline, yes, it's the daily Joe Biden audio scare. Here he is just trying to work his way through where we may be with developments in negotiating uh, with Israel and in their war with Hamas. And at one point, he's like trying to remember Hamas. And a reporter has to remind him. God help us. There is some movement, and I don't want to I don't want to. I'll maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the... There's been a response from the opposition. But... Um, Hamas. And, uh, yes, I'm sorry. From Hamas. But it seems to be... Uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. So again, uh, if, if there is a point to be made here, it, it, I mean, I've, I, my entire life, my entire career, I will spend time talking about policies I agree with, policies I don't, presidents I voted for, presidents I didn't. This this is this is just unprecedented. I I you know I I don't think he's about to die. Hope not. As I've said countless times, I uh, I want Joe and Jill Biden to live to be 120 years old, just out of power where they can't screw up my country. Where for for and uh, but I the notion it's going to be painful to get to January and the end of this presidency. If God grants us relief from it at the, through our responsiveness at the ballot box, who in the world, I mean that literally, who on the planet can look at this and, um, and think, hey, four more years of this is going to be great. So just once again, I guess it's been a couple of weeks since I wove this narrative out. 
it it's it remains really hard to imagine exactly how the Democrats do something about this. They've got to know this is unsustainable. They've got to know that 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 this is a presidency on figurative, if not literal, life support soon. And uh, and, and they they got to make a change. They got to do something. There is there is no primary competition that's been allowed. They blacklisted RFK Jr. So so much that he had to scoot off and run as an independent. Um, this is it. The only thing they can do is jack with their own convention, their own nominating process. Now, the good news for them is they're Democrats and they observe no rules. They observe no norms and they can do whatever they want. The ivory tower Democrat power brokers can gather together and, and you know, somehow do something to arrange for Joe Biden to get on TV and, and tell us he's out at some point. But how does that exactly happen? What are the nuts and bolts? I have no idea. And and but that is what would have to happen. Either where he says in the middle of primary season, I'm not running anymore. Or we get to the convention and he has the delegates necessary to be renominated and he is somehow sidelined at the convention in Chicago in August. Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Um so so there we are. That is, I, I don't know. However, as improbable and even implausible as that seems, I, you, you look at something like this again in the fresh in the morning's news, and you say, just somebody's got to do something. It just, well, I don't know what it'll be or how it'll look like, but somebody's got to do something. Um, let me go back to calls on a variety of things. There's something I meant to get to today, but boy, do we get busy on something else? That's you know, there, there's there's time left. Um, we got to talk about this mom. Ethan Chumley shot up the school in, uh, in Michigan. He was 15 and he'll be in jail for the rest of his life. Deservedly. So mom could get 15 years for being really oblivious and negligent about warning signs. How are, I may put my toe in the pool of that one. We got, we got 42 minutes left. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm all about uh, you know having a sharp opinion about negligent parenting, but at what exact point does this become a crime? I mean, a negligence is a crime. I mean, if you forget your kid in the back seat of the car when it's you know 110 degrees, okay, that was you being negligent, and as a direct result, you know, uh, uh, somebody died. Uh, any one of a number, there are all kinds of ways where your, ne- your, your negligence, you know, sins of omission rather than commission, where something, some negligence of yours is a direct contributor to something terrible happening. And that becomes your fault, uh, criminally totally get that, but boy, woo. and I, I believe you me, I'm not a, uh, a, a defender of, of Mrs. Chumbley here at all. What I am doing is wondering what road we're headed down when, we try to figure out which episodes of parental negligence are are criminal. And by the way, you understand this is not like leaving a loaded gun on the table where a troubled 12-year-old can obviously find it. No, th- th- this was their troubled 15-year-old, and her crime is like not noticing that he was screwed up. Show of hands, how many of y'all have screwed up kids right now? You could fill the lines. How many of them are about to go kill somebody? I'm thinking maybe none today, at least. So, but if one of them did, one of them does, have you absolutely dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, where you're not going to go to jail? 
it's, uh, I don't know, it's troubling, man. Your thoughts, 866-660-5759. All we are in Plano. Bill, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you? Uh, yeah, hi, Mark. Um, I've been on the phone for about a half hour, so you hit a couple topics. But I just want to talk a little bit about the Budweiser sure. um, Bud Light thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to expect them to say they're sorry, I think, is, you know, kind of reaching for the stars. There's a word in Hebrew, teshiva, which is commonly thought to mean repent, but it actually means to return. Mm-hmm. And in order to, you know, give forgiveness, Budweiser, they're woke. They're never going to return. The only thing they're upset about is that not that they did it with uh, Mulvaney, it's that it didn't work and it backfired. Correct. Um, and I don't think that the the, the, the purpose of teshuva or, or, or forgiveness is to bring someone to their knees and break them. Mm-hmm. Just stop buying Bud Light. You don't have to completely boycott and destroy Anheuser-Busch. You know, their wokeness eventually will catch up with one well, little eventually catch up. And if they apply it to some of their other products. Well, know, then- it's the company that did this. I've gotten a couple of actually a couple of texts on this. It's like, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll still buy Bud, but not Bud Light. It's like, please. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the same set of pockets. Well, so you you want to destroy you 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 want to boycott them to bring their knees to break them? Well, no, I want and, to and bring to bring them. them to clarity. I believe before they are That's driven from happen. business. No, okay. here, here, I, I know that. Here, here, here's what I'm willing to take because I do I do get your point. It's because it seems kind of binary: either do nothing or expect them to grovel. Well, they're they're not going to grovel because they really are. No. When I say not sorry, they they probably don't think they did anything wrong. So attitudinal reform is not happening. So I think I touched on this maybe last hour. Here's something. See if this sounds reasonable. I I think I said that that I'd be willing to have them couch it in corporate speak. If they simply said as a result of uh, a review of our actions in this campaign, we are reevaluating the alliances that we draw and the campaigns that we do and vow to remain attentive to the values of the beer drinking audience and will proceed with a goal of engaging in campaigns that attract rather than repel beer drinkers. Hey, how about that? That sounds very corporate. They're not saying, oh, I'm so sorry. We're terrible people. I know because you're right. They're not no, going to no, do no. that. No, no, no. But that, that's going to be an empty, that's going to be an empty apology. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it. But, and, it, it. And it isn't even really an apology, in a, but I'll take it. It's a recognition because I think that, that acknowledgement of error, acknowledgement of error, I'll, I'll, I'll take that and be happy. Well, I think they've already, already done that a little bit. I can't remember. I don't how? know if it's a... Uh, Country Western guy who's now doing it. I can't remember his name. Um, who's now doing the advertising? Oh, the way there, there's a oh, there's a big old Bud Light thing with uh, Emmett Smith and uh, Peyton Manning. Emmett, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that that in a way is a way of them saying, what? "Hey, we screwed up." No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 it's no, not. No, no. I'm, and I'm not forgetting. No, I'm it's not. not. No, please, I'm, no, th- I'm fascinated by this. In what way is having Emmett Smith do a Bud Light ad acknowledgement that Bud Light knows they screwed up? Because they're not continuing when one with Mulvaney with uh, their wokeness on Bud Light, and then they're going after the people that's truly their market. Well, they realize they really screwed up, and they're going after the you know uh, you salesman 
that are the that, that are that are appealing to who their market uh-huh. is. No, you're, that, you, you are a very you're a very accommodating but, soul, and that says good that says good things about you. And I don't want to be a jerk here, but wow! All right, I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nine twenty four. Nine twenty nine. Little Joe Walsh falling down. Eight six 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 zero five seven five nine. All right, in our home stretch half hour, where we get out and enjoy this beautiful day. Let's hit news here in just a momento, and then we'll come back. Uh, Chris and Roanoke, sit tight because you got a great question. How, how far does it, if we convict if this mom? If we convict this mom, uh, you know. If, if, how far do we go? What, what's where, where do you draw? At what point do we say, okay, we've had a negligent parent, a kid did something really terrible, and it was it was kind of overlooked, and the parents were oblivious. But but it's not it's, it's not criminal in this case, but it is in the other. So uh, let's let's explore that a little bit. We'll do that on the other side of news as we head into the newsroom. Let me remind you of what we can do here. In let me check this out. Twenty days from now, twenty days from now, cigar night with Doctor Gorka. You think we'll have a couple of things to talk about? Early voting underway in the Texas primary. Another day of marching toward what seems to be the Trump nomination. I know Seb's happy about that. I'm ready to walk into battle too. So Doctor Gorka and I will be with you at Cigars International. Uh, they're at, uh, on Cabela Drive up in North, North, North Fort Worth. They're at 35 and 170. So uh, make it a part of your night. Can't wait to, to see you guys in there. We'll have a lot to talk about. Fantastic fun to be had there at Cigars International. Cigar Night with Dr. Gorka. And you and me can't wait to be in the room with you. Get your tickets now at 660 com. 931, Nikki Whaley in the newsroom. All right, home stretch. 937-866-560-5759. Among our our topical uh, departures here, once we get off this uh, Anheuser-Busch, is it time to forgive them as President Trump wants us to thing? Uh, The notion of the mom of a teenage killer uh, being put in jail is Jennifer Crumbly. Uh, her son, Ethan, was 15, shot up a school and goes to jail. For, did I call him Chumley in the prior? Good grief. <laughs> Saturday Saturday morning cartoons. How is it? What was in the world was that? It was a Tennessee tuxedo, right? It was the penguin, the voice of Don Adams, also uh, getting uh, what we need to do, Chumley. And Chumley was the stupid walrus, right? Tennessee. Okay, anyway, Crumbly, uh, Jennifer Crumbly. Uh, she's 45. And her kid shot up a school in November of 2021. Four kids dead, six others, and a teacher wounded. Twelve-person jury, six men, six women, decided uh, that uh, I, she's responsible for her for her son's mass shooting, at least in terms of uh, manslaughter. So, I mean, I get it in terms of the desired. I mean, we we really. We really want to deliver to parents the message that says, hey, pay attention to what your kids are doing. I get that. And this, I guess, quite the eye opener. You might be hovering over your kids a little more now. Huh? Uh, but does that mean that this is just? Does this mean it's right? I don't know. Let, let's in Roanoke. Hey, Chris, Mark Davis, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Sure. Yeah, I just want to also let you know, 
I love your music that you put on there, and most of all, I love how you do interviews with this, with the uh, local politics. Hey, thank here. you. This, you are absolutely great. Well, this is this is Super Bowl all month for you, <laughs> heading up to March fifth in the primary. It's going to be fun. Hey, I, I listen to you all the time, man. You're great. Thank you. Hey, yeah. So with this with this lady, I mean, how far down do we go down this rabbit hole as far as you know, parents being, uh, you, you know, uh, you know, being at fault for accidentally leaving a gun out and a kid gets and their kid gets it goes out and shoots how about when we how about if a parent leaves like a you know a, you know a pair of car keys sitting on the counter and the kid gets in the car and dives around and, and kills a whole family I, th- I think that's different i think you can see i mean i, I get your point because at what point is it the kid's responsibility even if a parent has done something stupid leaving a loaded gun lying around is stupid no matter what the car keys are, are kind of different i think you're done right i mean you know well maybe maybe i mean it's, it's just you know when you start holding parents liable for something that a kid does this lady she's gonna she's facing up to 15 years for each kid that that kid murdered so she could be facing 60 you know 60 years pretty much and that would be a life sentence to her so I, I, sometimes I have to think that this is another way that the left is trying to get into the, the gun battle, too, as well. You know, I, I the, the, the demonization of guns is always something that the left is going to want to do. I will tell you that this isn't the case of, uh, of, of her or, by the way, her husband now goes on trial. They decided to be tried separately. I'm sure he's feeling great now uh, in in the anticipation of his own trial, which starts, I think, pretty darn soon. But this wasn't so much, hey, we left a gun out for our um, our unhinged kid to find. It was that he was giving off all kinds of mental illness red flags, and they didn't do enough to address that. That, that, in a way, that's even more troubling because at what point is it just garden variety negligence and at what point is it we're going to put you in jail type negligence? Chris, good framing of the issue, man. Thank you very, very much. We are in Plano. Faith, welcome. How are you? Hi, Mark. Hey. Uh, if I if I recall, um, this couple in Oxford, Michigan, um, they were joking with their son by text that, oh, shame on you for taking this gun not taking it seriously. And then when the, after the murders happened, if I recall, and and you can look this up um, on Nexus Lexus, uh, that the, um, that I think they even helped him as a fugitive. So there's more to just negligence. So that may be why, this guilty verdict. But that's I, I remember that, that, that while in custody, or while in custody, while being interviewed, uh, the mom Jennifer Crumley was was really detached and cavalier, and uh, there there was a lot of attitudinal things coming off of her that made it look like she was just profoundly oblivious to what's going on. And she said, and this was after the fact, after she'd known the shootings already happened that it was just such a, a, a gut punch to her that she just was not in her right mind. Who can't understand some level of that, but does it become exculpatory? Does it become something that, that gets her off of, of criminal responsibility? Jury apparently thought not and delivered a criminal charge for her and her husband now, just not paying enough attention to their kid. Faith, thank you. Appreciate it very, very much. All right, 942... Let's see here. What shall we do next? All right, well, how about something I was doing about an hour ago that seemed like time well spent today? And, and that's because we've, we've sort of taken a departure from the uh, from the death of the border bill. So why did it 
uh, have to die? Why did it deserve to die? First, let's take a look at the elements of it that were so wanting, because I've sort of delivered broad criticism of it and talked to you about how terrible it was, and it was. Uh, Ted Cruz was was on uh, on Hannity last night. Um, and as you take a look at, at the various elements of it, let me share a couple of them and, and, and what the Senate surrender did versus what we need to do. You've heard of something called catch and release. Uh, we need to end catch and release. Uh, detention is better than catch and release. Return should be our goal. The return of illegal aliens, not releasing them after having them, you know, in some warehouse for a, no, 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 returning them across the border from whence they came. The Senate and Mayorkas so-called border security deal did not do that. Another term, turnaway authority. Uh, the We have to end the release of migrants, give Homeland Security additional authority to turn away migrants. And what this Senate surrender did is it, it put into law the mass release of migrants uh, and, and establish this 5,000 per day. Oh, once we get 5,000 per day, then it's bad. That's almost two million a year. Silly me, I'm going to suggest that it's bad way below 5,000 a day. A wall. We either get one or we don't. Any bill that does not mandate, and I mean mandate, the beginning of construction on additional border wall, 900 miles is a good figure to, to keep handy. And I mean it starts now. It starts right now. We can have a C-5A cargo plane loaded with tanks delivered to Ukraine tomorrow. It shouldn't take us a long time to get going on on a border wall. It must start this budget year. The Senate surrender did not do that. Asylum, the definition of asylum. The, the people trying to gaslight you about this Senate surrender bill said, listen, we, we've upped the definition of what Asylum is, no, they, not in any meaningful way, for the 30th time at least. Asylum is what we grant to people who are going to die or, or, or suffer horrific physical imprisonment, death, public beating because of, let's say, their religion or their politics. Their religion is out of favor with the ruling junta. And doggone it, we're going to find you. We're going to beat the holy stuffing out of you or kill you or, you know, lock you up for the rest of your life because of what religion you are or because of what politicians you support. No, we can't have that, can we? We can't have a government punishing people because of what politicians they support. Oh, what, what country would do that? Wink, wink. So that's what asylum is. If you have somebody who comes knocking on the door of America, boom, boom, boom. Hey, I wonder if you guys would let me in. I'm interested. I, I am willing to become an American because to, to my great heartbreak in my own country, they're going to kill me because of what religion I am, or they're going to lock me up for the rest of my life because I voted for the wrong person. So could you please let me come become an American? That is an asylum claim. And my heart and my door will always be open to that. What asylum has been turned into 
by the people who crave waves of a needy underclass pouring into our country so that they can be legalized, naturalized, and, and again, energized for decades of Democrat voting, is your country has a lot of crime. <laughs> Detroit has a lot of crime. Or your, your country has a suffering economy. <laughs> Insert your own joke here. Yeah, things are really tough economically in your country, and, you know, you can find uh, gangs roaming the streets. You can find gangs roaming the streets in Oakland. So, no, that is that is not a proper bar for asylum. The Senate surrender bill did nothing to meaningfully change the definition of asylum. Now, let's talk about money, your taxpayer money, billions of dollars funneled into what are called NGOs, non-governmental organizations. These, some of them are charities or, or, or profess to be. All we want to do is help the migrants. Oh, Jesus would want us to give them all cash and cell phones. Yeah, um, keep Jesus out of it, please, when falsely representing what Scripture says. The the funding, the just the billions and billions of dollars, go, it's a slush fund. It's a complete slush fund for leftist charities that want to facilitate, want to be henchmen for the incorporation of countless illegals into our midst. We need to have an absolute omission of any funding for processing for any of these uh, NGOs facilitating the crisis. What should states be able to do? We need to empower states to take action against the federal government for failing to secure the border. Gee, what state's doing that? Our state is. God bless Greg Abbott in, in this in this chapter where it, it, it's so I've seen articles where, boy, people who were really chapped with Abbott, you know, back in the primary season, they love him now. Well, uh, duh, wonder why. Because the people who like voted for Don Huffines because he was way tougher on the border than Abbott was. When Abbott starts, you know, channeling Don Huffines, the Huffines fans are going to say, Abbott, awesome, good job. So here, here's the crazy, crazy mystery here. Conservatives will reward leaders who do conservative things. Wow. Who would have thought that? Anyway, unaccompanied kids. We have to require unaccompanied children to be safely returned home. We have to close the loophole that enables the release of Ill- illegal aliens who travel with a minor. We got to get the, the the work permit situation. The, the 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 Senate surrender bill would have given immediate work permits to aliens released from custody and about two hundred fifty thousand to their adult kids through the H one B visa program. And we also have to take a look at legal immigration. That maybe we've got enough of that too. The Senate surrender bill would have given at least 50,000 additional green cards per year. And maybe we don't need to do that. Maybe our job market, maybe our country, maybe our society. And again, is there some amount of people we should let into the country? Yes, sure. Let's figure out what that is. Maybe it needs to be reduced from what it is right now. That's some thoughts on how to progress. And that progress is now doable because we killed that horrible bill. 951. To take us out, 
was like in the mid-90s, a little small hall live gig, Garth Brooks doing the dance. One of the Just one of the great songs of all time. Garth is 62 today. As we hit the exit ramp, we wish you a good day. God bless our country, our troops, our families. For our producer, Rhonda K. Moreland, on the exit, producer Rhonda K., R-O-N-D-A, capital K. Thank you, Mr. Matt, for the technical guru skills. And thank you to Nikki Whaley for news excellence. Mike Gallagher is next. And we'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday show right here on 660 AM. The answer. Be good. I have known you'd ever say goodbye. And that lot I didn't. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.